Good morning. Thank you to Bill and Agnes for having me this morning. It's a, a real privilege to be able to come and share the Word of God with you. I'm sorry I'm not in a, <laughs> a better state than I am, so just excuse this vocal, nasally voice. Um, what I really want to talk to you this morning is the sound of heaven. Um, before we, we, we kind of dive into that, what I really want to share with you is one story that um, happened probably, it, it, did, it did happen before, um, if I'm correct, before the lockdown. And it was during one Wednesday evening, the church was having our prayer, usual prayer and Bible study. And before the, the Bible study, we always have this time of prayer and we were just singing in tongues and, you know, just giving the loudie and stuff like that, all those kind of stuff. And then um, next minute, there was Pastor Alec was at the door and Juju, he comes in late. So um, he was just, I think he was on a phone call or something. So he was just coming towards the door and he heard the singing, the, the, the sound that was, it was absolutely heavenly. He thought it was like we were playing some music from a, a, a CD or, or what he calls LP. So, um, so he was kind of, you know, wondering, what's going on there? Why are they playing music? You know, there to be prayer. Why are they playing music? So, but then he can see us kind of like, oh, you know, shut our eyes and praying and stuff. And then next thing was he asked the, the, the lady that's sitting at the desk, I said, what, what, what are they doing? And said, so, why are they playing music? You know, and the woman just go, don't know. But she never heard, so what music? What are you talking about? So anyway, after the service, uh, he walked in, and once he crossed over that threshold, the door, all he heard was our prayers, our worship. And I believe what he heard was the sound of heaven, one of the many sounds of heaven. And it's not everybody can hear it, because the Bible says, let those who have ears to hear, hear, and those who have eyes to see, see. And so what I want to share with you is some of the sounds of heaven. Because it's not good to be ignorant. Because the Bible, you know, people say, oh, ignorance is blessed. It's not blessed. Ignorant is terrible. Because we can miss God by being ignorant. So let's not be ignorant. Because all these things are found. Whatever I share with you is all in the Bible. You can find them in the Bible. So there's nothing new under the sun. Okay, I don't just conjure up something for you this morning. It's actually everything I want to share is from the Bible. So very quickly, um, there's another sound which God, you know, God can use every one of us through our speech, through our, you know, God can speak through us. I remember years ago, again, in India, I was there. Some of you might have heard this before, but I was in India and um, just one morning we were on mission. One morning, we, we live in a, we live with the children in an orphanage. We love that. And there's a two-story house that the pastor lives in, and they always keep the top floor for missionaries or visiting pastors and things like that. So we were staying upstairs. Yeah, Yesupadam. Yeah, you know it. Yeah. So Yesupadam, we, we were up there, up, up in the second level. One morning, just out of the blue, I waken up, saw myself in the mirror, and Hated myself. I, I'm not saying that, oh, today you don't look nice. No, I actually hated the look at myself. I actually look into the mirror and say, 
God, you are one ugly person. Just like that morning, you know, you get up and I kind of like quite grumpy and went get my shower. And I thought, this cannot be from God. Cannot be from God. So I prayed and um, I just, I walk along the veranda, you know, outside. And just when I was walking to the front, because I, I tend to walk at the back of the veranda because that's where the kids are no there. They can't see us because the minute they see you, they will shout, morning, daddy, morning, mommy, you know, that kind of thing. So we just count because I wasn't feeling myself. So I thought I better not be grumpy with them. So I walked to the back and I was just praying. And lo and behold, a woman. Now, this is in the depths of the jungle. It's like nobody there speaks English apart from Pastor Yesu Padam and his son and his daughter. Yeah, nobody else. Isn't that right? Nobody else speaks English. This woman who was washing a pot in a shed, but it's their house, and what looks like a shed to us, it's a house to them. She was washing her pots outside, and she looked up to me, and I just got, good morning, and nobody speaks English. So I, I'm just being polite, say good morning. She looked up at me, and I tell you, to this day, I can still remember, she said, you are beautiful. Now, who on earth tell anybody in the middle of, in the middle of nowhere in English, which I can understand, that you are beautiful? That's exactly what I need to hear. Whether I believe it or not, it's differently, but I needed to hear that. That's a sound from heaven. Because only God knew, not even Alec knew, only God knew what I was going through that morning. That's amazing, isn't it? I get excited when I get things like that. You know, and then I go back to God, God, more, <laughs> more, Lord, more, more. So this is what happens when the sound of heaven is spoken over our lives, over the people of God. Daniel found that sound of God's voice that gave him strength as peace and favor was released over his life. And Daniel, you can find that in Daniel chapter 10. And then Ezekiel in chapter 2, he found the sound of God's voice caused him to be raised up as the Spirit filled him. Heaven's sound strengthened us. Heaven's sound sustains us. It empowers us and it lifts us to a place of destiny and victory. So when God moves, it is accompanied very often. In fact, it precedes by a sound. You know, I was saying to Alec the other day, you know how before the rain comes, you got lightning and thunder and all those kind of stuff. And when the thunder went, I said, God's moving home. The angels moving furniture. Is that what you get told when you were young? I get told that when I was young. Yeah, God's moving home, you know, or rather the angels moving furniture. And so thunder i love thunder because god's moving so when god's moving it proceeds with a sound very often than not it proceeds or accompanied by a sound whether he's walking the sound of him walking in the garden remember adam and Eve heard him and the head silly so but the sound of the abundance of rain elijah heard the rattling sound of, of the valley of the dry bones that Ezekiel heard. And then obviously the sound of the mighty rushing wing on the day of Pentecost. 
These are all sounds of heaven. Every time there's a new move of heaven on earth, it comes with a new sound from heaven. And it is vital that we recognize this sound. Because if we don't, then we mess that big time. Imagine if I never heard that woman say to me, you are beautiful. I'll be walking through the day feeling all sorry for myself. And I don't know what it meant to Pastor Alec. He needed to hear that sound of the prayer meeting, the sound of heaven. Heaven's sound not only has a powerful effect on us, it has also a powerful effect upon Satan and the demons. Amen? In 2 Kings, we, heard, we, we read that Arameans, the enemies of God's people, they, they decided that they want to surround Samaria and they just right, we're going to conquer them and that's it. And this, this is what is, is in 2 Kings. It says this, For the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army, so that um, they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and the Egyptian kings to attack us. So what did they do? So they got up and fled in the dusk and abandoned their tents and their horses and donkeys. They left the camp as it was, and ran for their lives. I mean, the, the children of God not even moved yet. They're just like, and then the next thing was, they scattered. They scattered. That's how the sound of heaven does to our enemies. We don't even have to raise a finger at times. Can I share that in the Bible college with shadow box? Just go through the motion with God, and God does it just like that. Because he loves us. And not only did the enemy run away, they left everything. So the children of God just go in, thank you very much. We'll just take all this away with us. This is what God can do above and beyond. Not only he defeats our enemy, he provides for us at the same time. So in Psalm 32, it tells us that God surrounds his people with songs of deliverance. Because in the natural What's happened here was Israel was surrounded by the Arameans, but in the spiritual realm, they were surrounded by heaven's song, the sound of heaven. It was that sound of heaven that have brought confusion to the enemy's camp. And then they turned around and they ran, and they ran. And there is this sound that brings victory to us. There is a sound that redeems. There's a sound that causes our enemies to panic. And there is a sound that releases the provision of God. There's a sound that ends fear and causes strongholds to break the mountains. And there is a, a, a sound of heaven that protects, that covers, and also surrounds God's people. Amen. As a both and, and the sound of heaven can both be a love sound or rather a love song and it can also be a battle cry. And this sound of a great warrior and the sound at the same time of a loving bridegroom. And what it all does, all this sound of heaven, what it does is it invites us in to come into his presence to heal, to transform us, and empower us to win every fight that we go through. But the condition is we have 
to learn to listen. Hearing is not good enough. We have to learn to listen. And I believe that we're living in the days when God is speaking over the earth like never before. If we will listen, there is a sound of awakening being released over the nations. And as his voice is shaking economies, whether it's the way we like it or not, he is shaking the economies. He is shaking the government. He is shaking the political systems. Whether we see it or whether we like it or whether we recognize it, he is doing it. He is shaking. His voice is shaking the media. His voice is shaking the entertainment world. His voice is bringing revival to his church. He wants to revive his church. I know we're constantly praying for it, but he wants it more than we want it, believe it or not. His voice is bringing a clarity, a strategy for an end-time move of God. He's making ways, making rooms, making paths for him to come. His voice is calling home the lost and the prodigals. His voice is commissioning and releasing people. His voice is bringing life and is also settling, setting the captives free. His voice is bringing a new faith for signs and for wonders and for miracles. It all goes down to how we respond to all these sounds. The point is this. God is communicating to his children all the time. Father God is saying to humanity, Adam, where are you? That first question ever posed to mankind, where are you, Adam? He's longing for a relationship with us. He's longing for intimacy with us. He's longing to speak to us. He sing over us, the Bible says, guide, direct, and with his words and with his truth. And he wants to give us life, abundant life. And we, we hear um, in, in actually in Mark um, chapter 7, it says that when Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon down to the Sea of Galilee into the region of Decapolis, there some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk, and they begged Jesus to place his hand on him. After he took him aside, away from the, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spat and touched the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh said to him, Fafatha, no, fa, 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 which means be opened. At this time, the man's ears were opened. His tongue was loose and he began to speak plainly. You know, this world that we live in is so noisy. Noisy, it's just noise. I mean, Noise doesn't make sense, doesn't it? Noise do not make sense. Sound makes sense. And it's so noisy and we are so easily distracted. And sometimes we need to be, let Jesus draw us aside like what Jesus did. He did with the deaf guy. He pulled him aside. We need to let Jesus take us aside and speak to our ears and say, Fafatha, or be opened. 
You know, I pray that for every one of us here today, our ears be open to that sound of heaven. Because it is only this sound that will change our lives and that will change the world around us. So this sound, what, what is this sound? This sound of heaven is the sound of glory. We can see in the Bible, the glory of God is one of the major themes in the writings of prophet, the prophet Ezekiel. And the glory of God can be described as the weight of God's majesty or his splendor or the fullness of his presence. The glory of God is his beauty, his holiness, his kingdom authority. But at the end of the day, there is no human terms that could adequately describe the glory of God. Isn't that true? But the, then the, 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 the fact is that when his glory turns up, everything changes. Everything. Everything. Satan cannot stand his glory. Cannot stand in the glory of God. And neither can sin, nor sicknesses, nor bondage, nor shame, nor fear, nor unbelief. When his glory is amongst us, we will never, ever be the same again. Never. Once you experience that glory, you will never be the same again. So when Ezekiel talks about this glory of God, he seems to be describing, describing something that is tangible, almost you can t feel it. Something that can be experienced, but also something that can move. Because this concept is also um, uh, found in, in the scriptures in Habakkuk. It declares that one day the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters covers the sea. But Ezekiel describes the movement of God's glory like this. He says this, Then the Spirit lifted me up, and I heard behind me a loud rumbling sound as the glory of the Lord rose from the place where it was standing. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Wouldn't that be something? One day, you know, pastors preaching and then, Sound, the rumbling sound of the glory of God. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and it will happen. As when it happens, we need to recognize that. Amen? So notice, as the glory of God moves, it's accompanied by a rumbling sound. A sound again. A sound. Remember in chapter 43, Ezekiel said there is a powerful moment when the glory of God, which was departed from the temple, and the glory of God returns once again and fills the house of God again. But the move of the glory of God is accompanied this time by the roar of rushing waters. Isn't that amazing? Roar, from a rumbling sound to a roar of waters, rushing waters. And we've got good news today as that we are the temple of the Lord today. We are the ones that's carrying that glory. We are the ones that's carrying. I want to hear that rumbling sound. I want to hear that roaring of rushing waters. And then we hear in, in the, the day of, at the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, uh, verses 1 to 4, I won't read it. Where's the time gone? Right, and um, the sound of the Spirit. 
the sound of the Spirit. Amen. 120 people, believers, gathered at the upper room waiting for what? The promise of the Father. Holy Spirit to be poured out. Isn't that exciting? If you've been promised by the Lord, go there and wait. Right, Lord? Doesn't matter how many days I'm waiting there. As long as I have that word. Yeah? So they were, they, well, people think that they might have already been waiting there for 10 days. I don't care. 10 years I was still waiting. But during that time, they're not sitting there like doing nothing, waiting. No, they don't. They, what they were doing, they were praying. They were prophesying. They were praising God. They were petitioning. They were just literally groaning they, with tears. There were shouts of singing. There were shouts of worship. The whole place was filled with a sound of the believers. Then came another sound that was above every other sound. The sound of the mighty rushing wind. Now, the wonderful thing is, it is not a physical sound. Oh, sorry, not a physical wind. It's not a physical wind. It does not like, oh, my hair get blown, you know, no. It was a sound of the wind. Imagine you hear the sound of a wind and not feel a breeze. And it's the sound of a violent wind. So much so, the sound... Have you ever stand in front of a very, very powerful speaker and they, 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 they turn it up? Yeah, they turn it up so loud that boom, you know, you could feel it. That's a million times stronger than that. The whole place begin to shake. The building begin to shake. That's the power of God. That's the power of God. The sound that came from heaven. And not only did the sound come, it was accompanied by fire, by the Holy Spirit himself. For the disciples, that sound was a sign that everything was about to change. If you've not started your life yet, that day was the beginning of your first day of your life. That was the beginning of the church of Jesus Christ. That was the beginning when the, the, the disciples realized what it is to have resurrected life. What it means to have transformed hearts. That was a day of evangelism, of bonus, what they expect, of signs and wonder. It was the day of release for them. That's it. Go. Tell everybody about it. Go and tell everybody about it. The sound preceded the move of the Holy Spirit. And quite often, if not all the time, before we see God at work, we will hear him. So we need to hear first. Otherwise, we will miss the hearing or we don't listen. So we miss that. We can't hear it. And then we miss the move of God. How dreadful would that be? And many times we will hear the proclamation of a new season before we see the fruit of that season. That means that what we can see is less important than what we can hear. Yeah. So listen up, listen up. 
And I believe that the, as the church, we are not to just sit around and wait for the Lord. We have to move. We have to move. It's like we were talking to a few friends yesterday, and they were saying, you know, oh, God, move, God, move, you know, God, fall, God, let your fire fall, let, let your fire fall. I was thinking about that song. Let your fire fall, let your fire fall. The Lord says, where is my sacrifice? I need sacrifice. Otherwise, what is my fire going to burn? I need a sacrifice. Are you going to be a sacrifice? Am I going to be sacrificed? Are we willing to be a sacrifice? To hear that sound, to see that move of God. And I also believe my sound and your sound will determine our season, the new season that's coming in. If we hear a new sound from heaven, we need to remember, we need to be quick that our old sound of unbelief, religiosity, our old sound of cynicism need to go. Need to go. Because this cannot be, you know, this can, if this and this is not aligned, you won't see it. This is not good enough. What is in your head is not good enough. Knowing is not good enough. Seeing with your heart. That's where the Lord wants us to be. So it is time, I believe, a time to declare a new sound, the sound of hope, of faith, of excitement, and of expectancy. Because in Psalm 40, it says this, He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to God. Every one of us have a new song to sing. Every single day. Every single day, if we listen, I believe, we will hear a new sound for that day. Because remember, the manna, we don't pick manna for tomorrow. We eat what's today. Tomorrow, it turns to worms. It goes, you know, it goes bad. So today's song is not good enough for tomorrow. Tomorrow, God will give us a new song if we will listen. And then we have this, the sound of Jesus, the sound of Jesus. Now, remember, Jesus was in Mary and Martha's home. Yeah. So imagine you have the sound of heaven in your house. And what did Martha do? Martha, Martha, I need to go and do mixed sandwiches that Jesus never ordered. How could you want to make sandwiches that Jesus never ordered? Why would you want to do that? But Martha, you see, so often we are so caught up with what we have to do. Now, I'm the only one who's allowed to say that because I do that all the time, all the time. And then the Lord had to wake me up 3 a.m. in the morning for God to, to say hello to me. Oh, Lord, I was so busy. Of course you're busy, but not good enough. Is that good enough for the Lord? No, it's not good enough. You see, if you would have come to me before you start being so busy, you wouldn't be so busy. See, I remember when I, when I started, um, when I got ordained and I, I, I said to the Lord, say, Lord, right, my first day with you, what should I do? You know, and he says, really? Good, okay. Right, this is the way it should be from now on. But I fell, I fell away big time from there. And honestly, that day was the most stress-free day entire, all my entire life before I became a Christian, before even after I became a Christian. But that was the only day I can still remember it. Every day, everything was like, when it needs to happen, it's happened. When it has happened, it's happened. And then what I have to do, it's done. At the end of the day, I feel I can rest it. 
I am rested. Remember the book by Watchman Nee, Sit, Walk and Stand. We need to learn how to sit before we stand out to walk and stand. Believe it or not, we need to learn to sit first. Why? Because that's in the presence of God. We rest. We work when we are resting. Resting. We rest in God's presence. We work from God's presence. So we don't get burned out. Easier said than done. But I have said it. <laughs> and I will strive to do it. Okay, so anyway. So there you go, Martha. At the, at the, I mean, how powerful is the word of Jesus? Jesus raised the dead. Jesus heals the sick by what he says. Jesus calms the storm by what he says. How powerful are his words? And yet Martha chose to go make sandwiches. Is that legal? It's legal. She is actually have to make sandwiches for the people in, his, in their house. Yes, but when do you make the sandwiches? It's a choice. All in our lives, it's all about choices. Decisions that we have to make, and then we have to take responsibility for the decisions that we have made, the choices that we choose. So, and, and, and th this is where the distractions, our distractions come into our life, isn't it? We have to make as legitimate as it is, as it necessary. Prioritize. Yeah? Have you ever wondered, you know, you want to sit down to, 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 to worship the Lord, say, right, Lord, 10 o'clock, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to just give you the time. The phone rang, the oven went, the mouth, the, the whatever, everything goes. The doorbell went and nobody meant to come. The doorbell went. You know, and probably only happens to me, but it does it all the time. And then the phone rang, the phone that meant to be off. It rang because you put it on silent and it vibrated. How annoying is that? So anyway, but these are the distractions. But Mary, Mary, good old Mary, chose what? I don't care. I, I really don't care. My priority is the Lord. How often do I have the Lord in my house? I'm going to the Lord. I'm sitting at the Lord's feet. Sit like Mary does. Learn to at least sit. So in the book of Amos, it speaks of a day when there would be a famine in the land, a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. It says this, that it would not be a famine of the words. It's not a lack of the words of the Lord, but it would be a case, it's not even the case of God not speaking. It is a case of people not hearing not listening to this sound. Now, could it be that this famine came about because people were no longer taking time to sit down, to stop, to pause, to listen to those words that give life? And then there's the voice of God described in Revelations 1.15. It says, as the sound of rushing waters. In other words, there's a continual flow. God is always talking. God is always speaking. Always, always. He's not like a tap. You know, you can turn it on, turn it off when it suits you. you yeah, you can turn it on and off, but he doesn't turn it on and off. He speaks all the time. You catch it and you are in it. You are in it. I always have this, this um, a, a, a thought in my head that I want to catch you know, surfers, I love watching surfers. They're such an, uh, 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 
a difficult thing to do. I mean, anyway, impossible thing to do. You know this stuff? They catch the wave. We need to learn to catch that wave that God's coming in at. We ride upon him. Listen, without him, we can do nothing, isn't it? So therefore, we better do something with him. So catch him. Catch his wave. And then in John 10, it says, you know, my sheep hears my voice. My goodness, my sheep hears my voice. Am I his sheep? That's where you will know. Because if you have a relationship, if you, you have this deep intimacy with the Lord, you will hear his voice. You don't need to wait for 15 confirmations, three, um, uh, uh, I put out, a, a, what do you call it, the fleece? Oh, the fleece, oh, that one didn't work. That one didn't work. Oh, wait for the last, third one to work. You, you don't need to wait for that. You know, that's my master's voice. That's my master's voice. We just recently listened to uh, a supernatural, Sid Roth, um, talking about this guy, Pastor Mark Wallace, and he he um, he was the first apparently America to get catch COVID, and he was very 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 ill. He ended up in the uh, uh, they have to intubate him and they have to put him on the ventilator, and they literally told him say you know that's basically it. If you go into that ventilator, you you know there's no way you'll be coming out alive. So anyway, the day of. The, 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 to cut a long story short, I won't go into that. That's actually somebody has got a picture of an angel fighting for him, declaring, yeah, declaring the words of God over him all the time. For three nights, it happened. So, anyway, that's not the point. I want to get to the point is when he, he did die, he went out of his body and he was in the ceiling and he heard this wonderful voice, beautiful voice. She says, Tonight I have come. To take you with me. He says, no, you will not. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Why? That is not his master's voice. He recognized that voice. He knew that voice. Did he see anything? No. He recognized the voice of his master. He recognized the voice of his Jesus. We need to be able to say, my Jesus. We need to be as personal as that. My Jesus. Because nobody at the end of the day when you come to a point like that, nobody can tell you, that's not the voice of Jesus. You're all alone. You have to recognize that is my Jesus voice. That is not my Jesus voice. Because yeah. when all is said and done, it's you and the Lord. And it's so, so important. I don't have time. I've got like, oh my goodness. Um, no time, no time. Right, I tell you what, this, all this will have to go away. So, what I really want to, this is terrible, this, okay. Now, that day, sorry, I moved your pulpit there. So excited. The sound that came from heaven, but the sound that came from a graveyard. We all know that, Ezekiel 37, a rattling of the bones, the rattling of the bones. God takes Elijah to Ezekiel to, uh, in, in the middle of, uh, of a valley full of dry bones. And he asked this question. It's like God taking you to a hopeless situation and said, man of God or son of God, can these bones live? Can these bones live? He's asking Ezekiel, can revival come to this seemingly Hopeless situation. Can revival still come to Scotland? 
Can revival still come to our churches? Can revival still come to Glasgow? Son of man. Yes. Because why? He heard the sound. He heard the sound. Can revival come? And we all know that at the end of the story, the bones came together. The, the, the flesh began to appear. Breath began to come. And the whole bones, the whole field of bones began to come together like an army. It'll be scary if you see bones marching up and down. And so that's flesh and that's breath. <laughs> so this is what God can do to his people. There is no situation on earth that the Lord cannot redeem. There's no people on earth that is so far gone that the Lord cannot redeem for himself or back to himself. So Ezekiel says this, as I was prophesying, there was a noise, the rattling sound, the bones came together bone to bone. But yet at that time, revival hadn't yet fully come. And then again, there was that sound before revival came. So the sound, the sound in the midst of a valley surrounded by death. The prophet of God, the son of man, heard a sound. Amen. Are we going to hear a sound? Will we listen? Will we press in to hear that sound? I've got so much to tell you, but I cannot. I was told you to finish. I am gone. I am gone. I am gone. What is heaven saying today? What are the words and the sound and the songs that are coming from the throne room today? Our job is to take these sounds and release them on earth through prayer, prophesying, declaration, worship. We take what heaven is saying and singing over us and doing and we release that on earth because what's been done in heaven will be done on earth. So if heaven has given the sign of approval, we will get it here. We will get it here. It's not an F, we get it here. In John 8, 26, it says this, He who sent me is trustworthy, and what I have heard from him, I tell the world. Jesus knew what it was to hear and then to release what he had heard. It was this partnership with heaven that brought God's kingdom to earth and saw lives transform wherever he went. This is also our mandate, because we are to be like Jesus, do what Jesus did, isn't it? So this is the invitation. I want to give you this invitation. We all have to. We have to turn winter into spring, change the season. We have to bring heaven to earth. And it all starts by leaning into God, listening. Don't confuse a lack of noise with a lack of sound. Noise is surface level. Sound is spiritual. It is more powerful, far more powerful than noise. Noise means nothing. It's like a sounding gong, nothing in it. 
I have been in meetings where for hours people would be in complete silence. And yet the atmosphere is pregnant with the presence of God, the sound from heaven. Quietness can be sound from heaven. Because remember what in Revelations it says? It stood in silence. This heaven was in silence. One man of God calls it the living stillness. In the silence, a sound is being heard. The sound of heaven. Amen. Amen. Thank you.